Revolutionary Talk for Revolutionary Times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. with Wits and Roz, and we're coming in pretty heated. Let's be very realistic about this. We were supposed to start this show about half an hour ago, and unfortunately, in our group text with our fantasy football league, remember we're an eight or a 10-team league, all made up of our high school good friends and everything, but we got into a massive debate, a massive argument, and a massive power struggle. We were trying to figure out whether or not to draft on the Monday of Labor Day weekend or the Sunday of Labor Day weekend, and it is Wits and Roz versus the commissioner, Jared Rubin, who is our number one fan as well. So we're going to take him down a notch on this show as we were trying to currently swing the votes while we're recording the show. But we have a vote out there on GroupMe. We have a second career in politics, just slinging <laughs> votes. Yeah, we're really if, – if this show doesn't work out for us, we're going to enter politics. But more importantly, it's the debate whether Labor Day weekend is really a vacation weekend. And I don't believe it is. I say no. <laughs> I'm saying right. no. And – I don't really care if it's a vacation weekend, but have a big draft on Monday night at 6 o'clock. So I don't think I'd be able to make an 8.30 start time. Um, I don't know if I explicitly mentioned that in the group. But I threw it out there. Anybody object to doing Sunday night? And we had, it's Labor Day weekend. Like, people are going to be busy. And I agree with you. I don't think they are. <laughs> I think it's just an extra day. I don't think Labor Day weekend's that big of a deal. I think it's just a day No, off. I think it's a resting weekend because you just get back into the work game. It's now no longer the summer, and you're like, well, I think we're we're changing a page. I need a day off. That's what Monday is. We're going to relax. And I love how he prefaced that he's got a golf outing but quickly puts out or me and Maggie are doing something. And there's nothing wrong with having a girlfriend, Sporting Edge listeners. There is absolutely nothing wrong. I think you should be able to have an even playing field in terms of how you're able to distribute your time, whether it's with your girlfriend, your family, your good friends that you've grown up with. And there's time to be with each group at a certain moment. And I just think it's funny. I think he put the golf trip outing as a a cover-up for what will really be a hangout with his girlfriend during a very crucial time of the fall when fantasy football is almost underway. This is a scandal. Jared Rubin I think it's a is scandal. On the, is on this the, is almost as big as Deflategate. Yeah, dude. Rube, Rube is Donald Trump right now. We're calling it Maggate for Maggie. So um, she she can listen to the show for one week, and we're, we're putting this on her. But right now we're in a, we're in a tight or a tight race. We've got four votes for Monday the second and <laughs> Monday, <laughs> Monday the third. Remember that. And we've got two votes in Roz for Sunday the second. 
So we're a powerful two votes. The fact that we've already cut in half what their total votes are right now means if we could swing it with three other people, even they don't even need the rest of the league. We're gold. I think yeah, we pulled so this off. We've got, we've got four votes left. Um, I'm seeing Thomas Gandolfi siding with us for Sunday night. Um, Matt Collada is going to be a tough vote to swing. He's already <laughs> voiced his displeasure <laughs> with Sunday night. Um, doesn't want to get involved in any drama. It's fine. Um, he He's that voted. independent party that he already voted for Monday. But we got Dylan, we got Max, and we oh, have we got, we a, have we got a text Collada. from Dylan Wallace. Oh, he got three texts from. Oh, wow! You we're talking dirty. Me and Xander have reached out to a text, and Jared Rubin has also texted him. This is turning scandalous for the power struggle. <laughs> this is wow. this is bad radio live but we are in this the midst bad of radio here. live but we need this vote on sunday night um because i just can't do it monday i cannot do it on monday night but with all that talk um we have fantasy football we have wide receivers this week we're gonna start off at the top of the list uh give you a couple sleepers um where we think guys are gonna end up this year we still got a couple big free agents out there um jeremy macklin Des Bryant, a couple big names, but at the top of the list, I think PPR, non-PPR, however you want to put it, Roz, Antonio Brown. Guy's been there for a long time, and I think he's deservedly so at number one. Yeah, I mean, with five straight seasons of 100 catches, led the NFL with 1,533 yards, an average of career best of 15.2 yards per catch, he really uh, he really has something special. He only did it in 14 games. He had a little bit of an injury concern, which is also the concern to start the season. He, he's a little banged up. Um, Brown has seen a lot of time on the field. He just turned 30. I'm, uh, I'm a little concerned about injuries. I think if you're looking for this year's big injury, he's potentially the scapegoat, that he's going to be the one who tears an ACL, dislocates a shoulder or something. Antonio Brown's always that sexy first wide receiver to pick, maybe with the fifth pick in the draft. I have never had him on my team, and I don't think it'll ever be a day where I have him on my team as I just I don't look to draft wide receivers super early, and by the time I look to draft him, it's more like a guy like Odell Beckham or Julio Jones. But Antonio Brown has been by far and away the number one receiver. Um, I don't know how you feel about him in terms of drafting, but that he always creates an interesting topic when you are discussing draft patterns. Yeah, I mean, I honestly think I think he's got a tear all to himself. Um, I think it's really rare at this type of position because you have a lot of guys who kind of come in and out of being good, you know, being hurt, being not good. I mean, there's a couple guys, Julio Jones, Edel Beckham. I think those guys are studs. But look at Antonio Brown. Um, the fact that he's been a, a wide receiver two or better in 57 of his 77 games or 75 percent over the last five years pretty ridiculous um you know to put that in more context there were just three wide receivers to do that in 2017 alone and brown's done it for over five years so i think first wide receiver off the board excuse me it's got to be antonio brown i don't know if i don't think i would take him number one overall but i might think about it i would, def- I would definitely, at least you're putting a thought on it it would cross my mind because i mean you see those numbers just consistency there's not there's right. not really anybody better in the game. Um, but when does it stop? Consistent. And that's like the scary part. Like you five years in a row, is he going to really get a six? This is the real question. I mean, I, I have Ben Roethlisberger as a sleeper quarterback, but we'll see how that goes. Julio Jones, too, after having a very disappointing year last year, just scoring three touchdowns in only two games. One of those games against me where he put up 40 points, of course, which eliminated most of my chances at uh, – a postseason run so julio jones is definitely on my uh on my shit list but 
he I think it's going to be a fresh year for him. They have Calvin Ridley at the two, Muhammad Sanu's there as well, spreading the field a little bit. Steve Sarkeesian's going to be in there for a full year. Maybe that'll make Matt Ryan a little bit more comfortable in the pocket as well as running the offense. If Matt Ryan could play to the elite level he's been playing at, I think Julio Jones gets back to that level as well, scores more touchdowns, is a better deep threat. Somebody who I think of as a deep threat is him and A.J. Green, who also had similar problems last year scoring and being a deep threat. Um, but Julio Jones, very interesting to me. He's in, a, he's in a void for me. I'm more of an Odell, DeAndre Hopkins, and A.J. Green type guy right now. But Julio is respectable, too, on our list for top 10 fantasy wide receivers. Yeah, Julio is interesting um, because it's a really disappointing year last year. Um, I mean, he had the huge game that one week, like I said, 40-plus points, but only three touchdowns. I think that's got to change. I really love the addition of Calvin Ridley to this team. I think that's going to make um, Julio better. I, mean, I know they got rid of Taylor Gabriel, but you look at Muhammad Sanu as well. I think a lot of it is going to be you know, the familiarity with Matt Ryan and the Steve Sarkeesian offense. Matt Ryan had a, had a down year last year as well. Um, and he's just too talented to have you know the same kind of output this year. I think it has to get better, but at the same time, you never really know. Um, Julio Jones, fantastic receiver. I think always a little bit of an injury risk there, um, a little more than some other guys. So I hate to agree with you, but I think he's uh, he's kind of on my avoid list as well, unless I just get to a, a point where I have no choice but to take him. Um, I would love him as double-double. If I could do the last pick of the first round, go two receivers like Odell and Julio, that would be my ideal thing because Odell, who's number three, was on an absolute tear of a pace last year before he fractured his ankle. And hold um, that thought because this is the end of the first segment here at Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss the show, you know where to find Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. This is the Sporting Edge, everybody. Um, before we get back into receivers, quick correction on the show last week. We had a double mistake by Wits and Roz uh, talking about the Carolina Panthers' backfield. Um, Jonathan Stewart is no longer in the Carolina Panthers' backfield. We, uh, we kind of glossed over that one. He's actually a member of the Giants now. It's C.J. Anderson, who looks like he will be taking the, over the number two role in Carolina, so a little bit of a misstep by Wits and Roz, but talking about a guy like Jonathan Stewart probably shouldn't impact your fantasy season that much if he does. Although, although, although. there's nobody better at stealing touches than Jonathan Stewart. Look at D'Angelo Williams' career. Saquon Barkley, this is a fair warning. Jonathan Stewart can steal a touch or two. Dude, he's going to be the Brandon Jacobs of the 2010s? Yeah, he will. Because <laughs> you, you hated Jonathan Stewart. When he was on the Panthers, when he stole touchdowns from either Cam Newton, D'Angelo Williams, McCaffrey last year. Um, There was one other guy, though, who was like the Jonathan Stewart on steroids for stealing touchdowns, and it was Mike Tolbert. That's that's a man. Mike Tolbert and Mike Allstott, the two Mikes, two of the biggest fantasy vultures of all time. Um, If you remember, Mike Allstott is one of the best I don't know if you consider him a running back or a fullback. I would say fullback probably. One of the best fullbacks of all time, but was an absolute vulture because if they're if the Bucks got inside the one or two yard line, it was lights out. Sorry if you had Cadillac Williams or any uh if you had Warwick done, you were done. Right. 
But we're on the Giants, and we're talking Odell Beckham, who I said was on pace to be the best receiver last season. I'm going to ride with that. He's my number one receiver in my books. He's number three here. I totally swung that conversation as fast as I could. That was pretty interesting. I took an awful transition and got us back onto Odell Beckham. Yeah, some bad radio today. Full that was some bad radio. Also, Devonta Adams just caught a 28-yard pass to the red zone for the Packers. So uh, we're going to keep you live updates on Packers-Steelers preseason game two. Uh, but Odell is definitely my number one target right now in fantasy. I've done some mock drafts. I see him coming up a lot. If I don't have one of the first four picks, I think Odell Beckham might be a Roz team member. Odell is interesting because I <clears> think <throat> talent-wise, I think he's the most talented receiver in football. Um, Without a doubt. Yeah, but injury does scare me a little bit. Placed on IR last year after a fractured ankle. Um, but fractures and breaks are things that heal, and I don't find like they when worked out on. They're not a con, like ACL injuries are one thing, or tears and meniscuses and ligaments. Those are scarier to me than fractures and breaks. I think Odell Beckham. It was a freak injury, and I really don't fear the injury with him like I do with Julio or AJ Green. Yeah, I don't really fear it, but it's always in the back of my mind. Um, That's fair. But I think that this Giants offense, I think it should be potent. It should be potent this year. That's the word I'm putting on it. Saquon Barkley, I think, is going to be really fun to watch. I think he's a guy we talked about last week. Definitely a guy to look out for, um, which I think should make Odell Beckham even better. Um, And speaking of the guy throwing the ball to Odell Beckham, Eli Manning, pretty funny interview by Jalen Ramsey with GQ last week. Um, basically given his thoughts on every single quarterback in the league while he's suspended. Let, let's put that out there for his, for his uh, camp scuffle. Excuse me, a lot of gas tonight. But <laughs> um, he basically said Eli Manning sucks, and Eli Manning responded with a, a who? And I love that from Eli Manning because all he has to do is put up his two middle fingers with two rings on them. And then Jalen Ramsey can go sit down at the end of the bench because he's suspended preseason for the Jaguars. Great response by Eli Manning. Didn't try, didn't really try to trash talk him. He just said who was the perfect answer for a guy who um, doesn't suck. He's actually won two Super Bowls, two Super Bowl MVPs. Um, find me five other guys who have ever done that. You probably can't. But I All I'm getting from the Xander is that you're really big on the Giants again, a team that you picked and lost bet with last season your new york teams are awfully brutal and it seems like you're just trying to vouch for them again i'm just trying to vouch for the giants offense the defense i don't know uh i don't know what's gonna what's gonna happen with that i don't really care it's gonna be tough to win that division with the defending super bowl champs in there but looking at you know eli manning barkley beckham that's gonna be a great offense but i think also the texans offense could be just as good if deshaun watson is able to stay healthy um i love the combo there with watson lamar miller and deandre hopkins i think hopkins obviously has a much bigger upside but watch out for lamar miller talked about him last week i think hopkins is a guy that i would love to get late first round if i could he's a guy that's on my list i don't really know if i want to take a wide receiver in the top three or four, unless it's Antonio Brown. It's my honest opinion right now. So you're not feeling the Hopkins train, a guy who I am had feeling 13 the Hopkins touch- train. Okay. I just said would I'd probably t- take him later you- first round. 
I don't know if he'll last that long. A guy with a lot of potential, probably the most potential of all these receivers, a man who's been playing with no quarterback for most of his career, kind of the Larry Fitzgerald complex. But I think Deshaun Watson is the man, and he's really going to help out. Hopkins, to me, is the second receiver off the board, in my opinion. It goes Odell, Hopkins, Brown, then Julio Jones. I'm not a big fan of number five. Brown is the third receiver off the board? Brown, yeah. It's my interesting take. I'm just concerned about that injury and the wear on him over the last couple seasons. Michael Thomas is number five. I don't have a lot to say on him other than Drew Brees is still going to be slinging the ball. I'm never that confident with Michael Thomas. I know you're more of a Saints guy. But uh, Michael Thomas, not my cup of tea. A.J. Green at six, a guy who I've loved a lot, but with some injury problems with Andy Dalton being arguably the worst quarterback of all time. There's a lot of – Take that back. I'm not taking it back. He is – as bad as they get in terms of quarterbacks. And it's just, it's hurt A.J. Green's career. It's hurt Dude, careers like T.J. Green Huchmanzada. has been targeted it's just, 949 times in 102 games. That's 9.3 per game. Don't that's tell me not, that he's, he's not even his... close to him. The ball is never close. They talk, There was an article that came out today that Marvin Lewis and Andy Dalton need to figure out the deep game. Dalton's got to become more consistent, more accurate, and he's not going to be Dude, that. You're, he you're can't win a playoff of... game. He can barely win games. Okay, it won't fantasy, be a playoff team this year. Not, fantasy football is not playoffs. They're full of shit. I, it's fine. A.J. Green is A.J. Green last season – wasn't the guy it wasn't a top flight wide receiver one because of the poor execution on Marvin Lewis's part as well as the poor play on Andy Dalton's part so AJ Green a guy I love a lot at six I would be careful taking him definitely not a first rounder for me but maybe even like a late second rounder dude I don't know I I disagree with you I think AJ Green is going to be a probably if not a top five definitely a top 10 receiver um, I don't really think it matters who's throwing in the ball. I think Andy Dalton is definitely capable. Um, so I don't know why if you feel the need to trash him, but last year had a hundred, had a thousand seventy-eight yards and eight touchdowns. That's a pretty I, damn good year. Seventy-five receptions. Seventy-five receptions is low for a top-tier receiver like that. It's like, come on, be be in the Antonio Brown range when you're the best receiver. I think AJ Green had the most talent out of these receivers and. It's wasted on bad quarterbacks. You can't deny that Andy Dalton is not a premier quarterback. He's barely a middle-of-the-way quarterback. I'll put the next guy out of him. I think Phillip Rivers, who I dislike to the moon and back, is better than him, and that creates a better opportunity for Keenan Allen, who does have the ACL injury risks, and why I would never take him again since he did ruin one of my seasons two years ago. But Allen's a seven, and he's better because Phillip Rivers targets and gets him the ball consistently as well as accurately. Keaton Allen, I think, might be the most interesting player in fantasy football right now. He's insane. Because you look at the guy when he's healthy. I'm not going to say he's the best receiver, most talented, most you know downfield capability, but the guy produces, I think, like nobody else does when he's 100% healthy. He saw the most red zone targets last year out of anybody in the league with 26. Phillip Rivers... Loves throwing it to Allen. I mean, you watch those games. It's like Mel Gordon, Allen, Gordon, Allen, just back and forth. Um, saw 160 targets last year. But like you said, he's missed 23, 23 games, games in two seasons with ACL and kidney problems. Right. So when That's healthy, risky. It, it's very risky, but the risk might be worth it because Keenan Allen is a seventh-ranked receiver. Could end up being the number one receiver. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be shocked. Would you risk case. it on him? At what point would you risk it on him? I think Keenan Allen is probably a back end of the second round pick right now. 
In our, okay. In a, I think he goes earlier in some drafts, but that at least I know where you are. Um, but if I took him at like fifty, if I had the fifth pick, took him on the way back, I don't think I'd be upset at fifteen. Um, but that is all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss a show, you know where to find us: LibertyTalk.fm, AMFM247.com, and we'll be back after the break. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report, bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to the Bubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at Bubba at the Bubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, the Bubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. And again, we are sponsored by Monterey Taquitos. I'm eating seven of them currently. One with some Chick-fil-A sauce, two with some ranch, and the other five, I'm going to try some honey mustard and ranch combinations as well. Me and Xander are coming off of a tough loss on our draft debacle. We'll finish that up from the first segment. But we're still talking fantasy wide receivers, which we are finishing up a conversation about Keenan Allen headed into the Mike Evans discussion. Mike Evans, also a failed product of having a bad quarterback and a system that is just in a constant state of uneasy or unrest. I think disarray was the correct word there. Yeah, disarray was the right word. I was just in the middle of a taquito break, so I didn't know what I was going to say. Mike Evans, though, in four NFL season. Four NFL seasons, Evans has now has never only okay. I'm my English is also going out the door with the taquitos, but he has yet to eclipse a thousand yards. Never no, mind, no, no, he's no. always <laughs> Mike Evans has had a, at least a thousand yards every year that he's been in the league. That's what Roz is yes. trying to say. The problem is, I also got drugged his, up on that last segment. <laughs> the problem is that his touchdown totals have been 12, 3, 12, and 5. So is this the year that he goes back to 12? Or more, or is it another year with you know single digit touchdowns? I don't know. You know, James. I mean, Winston's he also he doesn't have Jameis Winston for the first three games, right? So this is a great this is a great debate right now because Mike Evans. I know, so but you like Mike Evans? I thought you were a Mike Evans supporter. You had him last year on your team. I did have him last year, and he was he was pretty good. But pretty was he pretty good? He was just pretty good because I think I, t- I took him first round. I think I think he was a seventh or eighth pick. I think he was an aggra- aggressive first round. No, pick. no, no, it wasn't. You're just you're judging this year's ranking off of what was aggressive last year. He was definitely a first round pick last year, and he was pretty good, but could have been better. I mean, I wanted more touchdowns. Really tough to watch when Jamie's Winston went down because he was already pretty sporadic. But I like Mike Evans this year. Not super high on him. I think I'd look a little bit farther down the list. Um, would you go even potentially a third round pick? He won't make it there, but would you take him in the second round if he had the opportunity? I think there's a spot for him. Yeah, I mean, I think he's probably uh, end of the second round in a, in a two team league. Fair. 
Well, I'm over Mike Evans as quick as I'm over the Buccaneers because of their letdown from hard knocks last year. Number nine on this list, Devontae Adams, who looks amazing through this first preseason game with Aaron Rodgers at the helm. Devontae Adams, a guy who people thought was going to be a bust, which I never did. He was just playing in a very crowded wide receiver core. He's now Aaron Rodgers' top target. He saw 24 targets inside the 20 last year. That was tied for fourth best in the NFL. And with Jimmy Graham being there, I'm telling you, it's going to spread the field even more for him. Jimmy Graham, a guy I'm very excited to talk about next week when we do tight ends. Devontae Adams is a number one receiver and potentially will show you why he should be a first-round receiver as well. The guy can run, the guy can fly, and the guy can catch. That's all that matters when Aaron Rodgers is at the helm. Love Devontae Adams at nine. Would love to slip him on the Roz team. I've been small. Most of my Packer players get stolen from me after all the shade they get tossed. But it's okay. If I could just find a way to get some Packers, I'll be excited with my fantasy team. Yeah, absolutely no bias in Devontae Adams' skill set there by Roz. Um, Zero bias. Uh, I don't know. I think he's going to be I, – I see more likely of him being a bust this year than a top 10 receiver. Um, you know, but if he ends up in the top 20 – fine i don't think top he's a top 10. 10 um the next guy on the list very interesting tyreek hill um has looked great uh you know during his looked great during his rookie year is really now he's out. got a rookie quarterback though now he's got a well we'll see patrick mahomes said to have a lot stronger arm than alex smith um so we'll see if that translates some more deep um down the field ability for tyreek hill I think there's no doubt that Tyree Kill is going to have a good season because they're going to get him the ball, but will he make enough monstrous and explosive plays to be a top 10 receiver? I think he will. Wow, the the amount of gas coming on you is detrimental to this show right now. (laughs) It's detrimental to the show. We've had a lot of gaffes in each segment here. Um, But, you know, he was 10th in the league with 15.8 yards per catch and was 7th in the league yards after catch with, with over 450 last year. He's a great playmaker. He, he can just do damage in so many ways. So I, I think the Chiefs are going to get him the ball no matter what. I think he's going to be successful. But, you know, top 10, he could be a top five guy, I think. I don't know. I avoid Tariq Hill. He's too much of a hit or miss in terms of playmaking. He also, to me, reminds me of an injury-plagued player. So we'll see. I know he hasn't dealt with injury yet since being in the NFL. I just He's a player that worries me that I plan to stay away from. Again, also working with a rookie young quarterback. Not everyone's going to be Deshaun Watson to somebody's DeAndre Hopkins. So this is a guy I'm going to stay away from. Xander, we're going to do like we did with the rest of the players. I'm going to give you the next 10. We're going to do hot and cold. We're going to keep it quick. We're not going to break them down the same way because there's some interesting people in this next top 10, starting with 11, Doug Baldwin. Kind of curious. He is coming off of an injury um, this postseason – or not postseason, preseason. He'll be ready for week one, hot and cold on the guy. Um, lukewarm. Lukewarm. Mm-hmm. Still with Russell Wilson, a very good quarterback. This yeah. will be interesting to see how it translates. But we got a lukewarm from Xander. Stefan Diggs is 12, a guy who made many fantasy draft – Late fantasy draft owners of him failed great. He was absolutely fantastic last season. Now he gets Kirk Cousins an upgrade at the quarterback position, arguably. Stefan Diggs, you got to be feeling hot like I am. I'm hot. Um, you know, this is a hot guy. 12 of 14 catches in the red zone last year. Um, turned him into seven touchdowns. Kirk Cousins, I think there's no doubt that he's better for Diggs than Case Keenum was. So I, I think he's going to have a great season. Right. Marvin Jones Jr. is actually the 13th. This was a little high. This is very cold-bust potential for me. Jones had a sneaky good season last year with 
adding 1,101 yards and nine touchdowns to his total. I don't think he repeats. I think Golden Tate and the and Detroit Lions never have a real constant flow. So I don't know, but I would stay cold for 13. But who are you feeling, or what are you feeling about Marvin Jones Jr.? Uh, I'm going to say lukewarm for this one as well. Um, one of the main reasons Eric Ebron, second highest, highest targeted player with the Lions last year, is now with the Colts. I think that leaves a lot more looks. Um, I think Marvin Jones isn't really a sexy pick, but I think he will produce. So I'm lukewarm. I think he's valued about right where he should be. Alshon Jeffrey started on my team last year and was traded to the eventual winner. So I feel like I have some stake in last year's fantasy champion of our league. He's 14 on this list. He had a lot of targets, but didn't put up big weeks in terms of yardage or receptions. He did find the end zone nine times. I j- it just was never enough points for me to to help me, essentially. So I'm always a little cold on Alshon, but he will have Carson Wentz back for the whole year. Yeah, uh, I think that's going to be a positive for him, but I'm cold as well. I think there's a lot of weapons on this team. I think it's going to take away from Jeffrey. I think this could this could be the year um, of Nelson Aguilar. And that it kind of already happened last year, but I think Nelson Aguilar might emerge as the true number one in Philadelphia. Um, taking a look, I'll take the next few guys. Brandon Cooks with the Rams. Um, played well with the Patriots last year. Um, not, not good enough. He was on my fantasy uh, team as well. Never consistent week to week. Um, but... How are we feeling on Brandon Cooks this year, Roz? Little cold, a lot, a lot of weapons in L.A. He will not be getting as many touches or looks as people would like. I mean, don't forget they have Robert Woods, who had a breakout year last year. Um, Todd Gurley's going to see a lot of touches as well. Jared Goff, to me, it's everyone's on the Goff bandwagon, but it was one year. Remember, he had a really slow rookie year. He had an awesome year last year. I don't think he's in the upper echelon of quarterbacks where like people want to put him. So he's cold to me. I'm not going to go back to Brandon Cooks after last year's debacle. I'm excited for the next guy you're going to ask me about. Yeah, um, I'll give my two cents on Cooks, too. I, I'm not cold, but, you know, under under average heat, let's say. I think the Rams, I think the game script this year um, is not going to be favorable, favorable for Brandon Cooks. I think the Rams are going to be a very good team. I think Todd Gurley is going to pound the ball. Um, and Jared Goff, I think he's going to have a good year, but it'll be hard to match what he did last year. Interesting guy, number 16, Amari Cooper. What do we think? The guy I traded for, and it was an absolutely abysmal year last year. Um, Cooper missed the 1,000-yard mark. He fell short managing 48 catches and 680 yards. He didn't score, or he did score seven times, but the the Raiders really just weren't in full. And I think they got John Gruden now, who wants to make Cooper a focal point. Crabtree is gone, who stole a lot from him last year. They did add Jordy Nelson and Martavius Bryant, but Martavius Bryant's more of a big play guy, whereas Cooper's going to be the consistent number one receiver. Jordy Nelson aged a little bit. I think he's going to look spectacular in the silver and black. I love Amari Cooper. I'm hot on Amari Cooper. I don't think I'd reach for him in the first two rounds, but this is a guy I traded for last year in the hopes they'd be hot. And I think this year he's going to come out blazing. I'm on the opposite end. I am, I'm cold on Cooper. I think Bryant and Nelson are going to take away a lot from him. I know the reports are coming out that you know, he's going to be a focal point in this offense, but I'm cold on him. I think he's going to underperform. Um, will he miss the 1,000-yard mark? Hmm. That's tough. I think he'll be right around there, but I don't think he's going to be worth his 16th spot as wide receiver right now. The next guy, I'm turning the notch all the way up to 10. Very hot on him. And we'll tell you who it is after the break, because that's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. 
If you miss the show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com, and we'll be back with more talk on wide receivers and a little baseball. What's up, what's up, everybody? This is the Sporting Edge, and we are back. And before the last segment ended, I was talking about a guy who I'm super high on this year. That's Juju Smith-Schuster from the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, Love the fact that he's paired up with Antonio Brown. I see 1,300 yards and 10 touchdowns this year for him. He's one of the top guys on my board. Um, Roz, round out the top 20 for us. Rounding out the top 20, well, Juju, I'm a little hot on. Just I don't know if there's enough ball for him and – and Brown, but we got Thielen, who I'm cold on. Like I said, a lot of weapons there in Minnesota. Larry Fitzgerald of the Cardinals, cold. Don't know who his quarterback is, but Larry always produces, so it's not a bad buy-in at late rounds. T.Y. Hilton, hot, very hot. I don't know why I trust Andrew Luck all of a sudden again, but there's no better receiver in the league when Andrew Luck is throwing the ball to T.Y. Hilton. So we'll see how that all goes. Yeah, uh, I hate to agree with you, but I like T.Y. Hilton as well. Um, Looking down the board a little bit, a uh, couple sleepers um, down at number 37 my guy from last year Robbie Anderson from the New York Jets may face a little suspension early in the year but I think there's no doubt that this guy is talented um, 941 yards and seven touchdowns last year I think he finishes as a top 15 receiver my personally is not as low as that 31 seems or 37 is a little far i do like 31 Corey davis who's going to hopefully have a full healthy season marks Mariota, another year experience he was the fifth overall pick in 2017 i really like this guy to be a sleeper and then i want to talk about jarvis landry at 27 this might be the hard knocks effect but jarvis landry is one of the most electrifying wide receivers in the nfl one of the best pass catchers there is and i really do think tyrod taylor and his ability to roll and move with the receivers, I think he makes Jarvis Landry a better player. And I think the Browns receiving core could be awesome. I don't know if Des Bryant's going to hurt or help that if he does decide to sign. But Josh Gordon and Jarvis Landry are two of my favorite picks potentially in fantasy football this upcoming season. You heard it here first. Uh, broke down all the receivers, oh, about 20 of them, uh, for this year's NFL fantasy draft. Got tight ends coming up next week and that means we're just one week closer to draft day folks um we got to save some time for our favorite sport on the sport mlb power rankings mlb power rankings getting them up right now um i think we got about 30 35 games left in the mlb regular season and we've got quite the race and finding our finding a way at number four in the rankings right now the oakland athletics 72 and 49 here on Thursday night. Um, I think the A's are a legitimate threat not only to win the wild card, but to win the AL West. And they were 11 and a half games back on June 24th, but this team is hot. Hot. It's not, it's a full on hot. Absolutely. Um, I'm looking at the team right in front of them. It is the Houston Astros. The AL West lead down to just two and a half games now dealt with a lot of injuries lately Carlos Correa is back now but he was out for a while Altuve um George Springer was on the shelf for a little bit so it's good it's going to be an interesting run down the stretch because just the one thing you don't want as a playoff team is to be in that one game and I don't know if the A's have the horses to track down the Houston Astros but with the way they're playing right now um they just might 
Yeah, and then you still got Seattle four and a half back, which is amazing to me. 70-52, another great season that's going to go unnoticed. But the Yankees are being caught in a sense. Uh, the Yankees are 75 and 46, 10 and a half back on the Red Sox. I don't think it's going to go their way in terms of winning the AL East. But you've got two teams charging away at the West. Yeah, two teams charging away. Um, looking at the Cubs, Cole Hamels. He's been uh, he's been pretty. Is he the savior? So far. Don't know if he's going to start in the playoffs, but the way he's pitching right now. Um, makes this Cubs team just a little bit scarier because they have not had very good starting pitching this year, really, besides John Lester. And Lester's just been getting shelled week after week. So he's really, since the All-Star break, his ERA almost at four now when it was a low two. The Cubs pitching scares me a lot. The hitting seems to be there. Elmore and Rizzo the other day going absolutely bonkers in Milwaukee. Milwaukee's a scary team, though. They're going to keep riding it. And you've got a St. Louis Cardinals team going for their ninth win, only four games back. They've definitely taken the lead in the wild card race, or at least are tied with the Philadelphia Phillies. Uh, it'll be There is a lot of racing to be done in the NL. That's for sure. Yeah, a lot of racing to be done. Um, I think one team i got to point out, such a disappointment the washington nationals Um, beyond disappointing it's i mean with with the output of max scherzer just in what he's done in his time in washington um it makes you think back to that year when they held steven strasburg out of the playoffs and looking back you know i thought they were going to get back every year and looking at him now it's like hmm could that is a could that have been you know a decision that they're gonna, it's going to haunt him forever because with Bryce Harper on the block this year, um, I mean this Nationals team could be heading for a downtrend. And you got teams like Philadelphia and Atlanta who look like they're here to stay for a long time. This could be the end of a run for a Washington Nationals team that didn't make it very far. Never made it to a World Series. Nope. Um, notorious for that first round exit. Uh, also got a pretty good race in the NL West between the D-backs, Dodgers, and Rockies. Um, you know, looking at the Rockies, the last four series coming against the Dodgers, D-backs, Phillies, and Nationals, it's going to be really tough. Um, but also, while it's tough, it's a great opportunity to make up ground um, in the wild card and or the NL West race. And I think this is going to come down the stretch. Um, Dodgers, I think the loss of Kelly Jansen really is going to impact them. Um, one of the best closers in baseball, sending Kenta Maeda and Ross Stripling to the bullpen. Um, it's going to be tough. And then for all you non-believers who didn't believe that Paul Goldschmidt would come back since May 22nd, listen to this line, hitting 335, then on base a 431 and slugging 643. I think everybody's forgotten about his start to the year because he has been one of the hottest hitters in baseball for about three months now. And with the potential to be the MVP out of the NL, I've been hearing. So we've got Javi, who would love to have a Javi blast win the MVP. But you got Paul Goldschmidt, and you got some Braves trying to fight for that position as well. I know the Braves just got into a scuffle, Asuna being suspended for six games. Uh, or no, Urena being suspended, suspended for six games for hitting Acuna, however you want to pronounce all those names. But um, – I'm excited for this final race, Xander. I know you're the baseball guru, but it looks like September is going to be some fun baseball. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I think the NL race is a lot more exciting right now because you look at the AL. Um, AL East is definitely Boston. Um, AL West, 
is a great race right now. We'll see if the A's, A's are able to do it. And the Central is um, it's in the rearview mirror. Let's put it that way. But, you know, the NL West, the NL Central, and the East, I mean, I think these races probably are going to come down to the final week. Um, and then maybe you get a team like the Giants, who are about, I think, five games back right now. They might be able to sneak in if they go on a run. Um, you know, one of the bright spots on their team this year has been Derek Rodriguez. Pudge Rodriguez's son um, was never ranked in any of the top 100 prospects. He's now 6-1 and one with a 2.25 ERA and a 1.0 whip. Um, an unbelievable season right now for the son of a Hall of Famer. Um, so it's exciting. I mean, there, there's really nothing else to say. Then we've got some playoff baseball right around the corner. And I got a surprise pick for my World Series team next year, but I, I'm not going to reveal it yet. Um, no, you got to wait till the. Know, you got to wait till December over. before we can bring that out. I know. Um, but yeah, that was a. Uh, Want to get my thoughts in on the arena pitch to Acuna? Uh, I thought it was a low blow. Don't need it. Um, Acuna was on a, a streak almost like we've never seen from any player, let alone a rookie. Um, we got about ten seconds left, Roz. Give us give us your thoughts on the MLB. Chris Sale to win the Cy Young. Matt Scherzer, Max Scherzer to win it three years in a row. Cubs go, Cubs go. Cubs go, Okay, fair enough. Um, that's all the time we have here for the Sporting Edge, everybody. If you miss the show, you know where to find us, libertytalk.fm, amfm247.com. We got football right around the corner. Haven't even really started talking about college football that much, but we are just a few weeks away from being all football. Urban's a free man. <laughs> all football all the time. Um, we'll get to all the news, all the stories, and all the games. And we'll catch you next week, everybody. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.